Hey stackers, before we begin, just a quick note. The next two episodes are going to be a little unusual. As we recorded this episode, it went way longer than we expected, so we're going to split it into two separate episodes. What this means is we won't have the usual lead-in next time, but I'll do with it what I can. Welcome back, stackers. Before we begin, we want to talk about Dice Envy really quickly. If you like Dice, and if you're listening to this podcast, chances are you do, check them out at DiceEnvy.com. Actually, use the link in our show notes to go to them, and you will not only be able to buy yourself nice new dice, but you'll also help us out because we get a small part of the price you pay for the dice. The dice don't cost any more, but we do get a small part, and we use that money to help improve the show. We'd love to see you there checking out their dice, the wonderful inventory. Check them out with the link in our show notes. Also, Battle Bards, we use lots of sounds. A lot of sounds come from freesound.org, but the, most of the music we use on the show does come from Battle Bards. If you like the music, if you like the atmosphere it lends to the games, check them out at battlebards.com. If you go to their site and look for a Prime subscription, sign up for a Prime subscription, You'll get streaming access to sounds and tools that you can use to build soundscapes that you can use for easy access to the sounds during a game. Use our code STACK for a 20% discount, battlebards.com. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at stackodice, by email at stack.o.dice at gmail.com, and our wiki is vardalon.fandom.com. The question I have to start us off today is, wonderful news, we've made it big, and our characters have become action figures. What? That's not a question. Theoretically. <laughs> oh, 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 this is a, quest. This is a Describe question. Describe your character's action figure and any features or gear it comes with. Hmm. With authentic battle damage! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think, um, so Peter would come like f- almost fully articulate. He'd have all his armor that he has on right now, including his cloak of protection. So he's got his adamantine armor, his shield, his katana, his cloak of protection, and all that cool stuff. And he's also got, <laughs> um, it's like comes with guiding bolt, and basically in his arm is like a little spring-loaded mechanism with one of those little peg things that you like push in, and it mm-hmm. sticks there, and you like press a button, it just pops out of my wrist. Nice. No, 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 no. It pops out of my wrist only when I have my little finger gun attachable hand. <laughs> Very nice. Does he look like you? No. Okay. Way handsomer. Yes, you are. Um, I think Tira would look very much like the Hero Forge figurine that I designed. We didn't actually print one. We haven't ordered or printed one yet. Yeah. I designed a Hero Forge figurine for Tira. She had a single braid down the back, which is a little different than what I had described, but the exact hairdo I described earlier wasn't available it might be added by now they're constantly updating it maybe i'll have to go back and look and they have a kickstarter going right now for hero forge Mm 2.0 which will allow printing in full color yeah i saw that i saw that i keep getting emails about it you could even order them to be painted by like a professional so that figure had like the boots and the the trousers and and you know flouncy shirt and all that kind of stuff but I think the gear she would come with basically just be her her regular trusty great axe, and then um, also in the box would be her fancy axe. Would she come with a mint green swappable shirt? I suppose. 
Um, and so like, uh, she had like a button on her back so that her, the bent arm that's holding the, um, the axe, whichever axe you put in her hand will look like it's chopping. Okay. Um, I just want to be very clear. My action figure would not be the three and three fourth inch, inch figure. It would be a 12 inch figure because there are some features that you'd have to have a, a figure that size to utilize. Uh, it would also come from Metacom, which is a Japanese company. It would be a raw body. A raw stands for real action hero. It has 50, I think 58 points of articulation. It would come with all of his garb and stuff, but it would also come with interchangeable heads. So as he turned into individual uh, beast morphs, uh, you could actually interchange. It would come with additional hands and feet as well that you could pop off and pop back on. And there'd just be a special uh, location in the back where you could open up and put some water. And if you squeeze his stomach, pee would come out. Sort of like Naturally. the, s- sort of like the you know the babies that wet. Um, <laughs> And then um, also, uh, you'd be able to then buy additional action packs where you could get additional things like little bags of, of herbs and teas and, and maybe even additional weapons like the Panabas. But when you actually got enough of those, then you could send away with all of the UPCs representative of all the action packs that you'd get, you'd get a full size according to the 12-inch figure. So it'd be quite a large tree with a lean-to type of shack that would be his house. Um, you know, worth, worth at least 300 bucks retail, uh, is what you'd have to pay to probably get that after sending off your UPCs, uh, as a proof of purchase. Can you tell we're children of the eighties? It would be awesome. (laughs) It would be awesome. Sounds great. And we'll see if any of that plays into the game coming up next. Oh no. Follow a band of intrepid friends as they seek to understand the world changing around them. And as they work together to face a growing evil. Enter a world of adventure and mystery in Bardalon. Hello, stackers. I am ready to get back to our ongoing 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons adventure. I am Rhett, the Dungeon Master. And with me is... Meredith as Tyr Ironstag. Michael as Womberbash Benson Mum. Thane as Peter Greyhawk. Unkempt. Last time. On the- Stack of Dice. <laughs> I'm always so dirty. Last, Last time, time on, on Lost. Stack of Dice. Yeah. <laughs> well, with, yeah. yeah, previously yeah. on Lost. That's right. The party was able to convince the people of the Eovor Witani in the city of Whitehill to band with their brethren to the south. And so the procession was leaving as the party settled down to rest after a fight with Lath, the giant boar. After their rest, they awakened, got on their wondrous horses, and headed east, finding themselves in the broken lands outside of the hollow. The land about you grows more broken as you press eastward. Brackish pools of water fill the pockmarked earth to either side of a narrow trail, and great cuts of stone jut from the land like broken teeth. Greenish-yellow lichen clings to the waterward sides of the stone, fading to orange and brown the further it creeps away. There is a feeling of watchfulness in the air, and its presence makes you feel uneasy, although you try your best to make light of it. A narrow path winds its way through all of this toward the hollow. It is well made in spite of its appearance of decrepitude. On occasion, your horse's hooves splash into deeper pools, 
and immediately swirling clouds of angry insects swarm upward, looking to take out their futile fury on those that have disturbed them. Unfortunately for you, the absence of horse flesh means that you become the objects of their attention. Little red welts form on your arms and necks as the bugs find room to feast. You all now have malaria. <laughs> Just kidding. I mean, I think Peter would be fairly well protected because he's like almost fully armored and he has a cloak. So really, it's just like all over his face. He looks like he has terrible high school acne. (laughs) (laughs) Even these fade away into memory as you plod onwards. A breeze coming from the east from across the great sea of grass ahead stirs the surface of the watery places. The rank smell of rot and decay faintly curls about your nostrils. Hmm. Peter, you stink. (laughs) <laughs> no, you. No. <laughs> but you're ahead of Peter. <laughs> this stinks even for me. <laughs> it's about midday at this point. So the sun is overhead to your front, maybe a mile distance. The land slopes slightly upward. And at the top, against the blue sky, you can see something dark on that horizon. Oh, with far, what's that? He doesn't answer, but he spurs his horse forward. The horse snorts and trots a little faster, still carefully along the narrow path. Fine, then. He does look concerned, and as he draws close enough, the three of you behind him, he takes a sharp breath inward and reins in his horse. His normally complacent face twists as it turns white, and he shakes his head. His thick finger points to where a line of head-sized stones stretches to the left and right as far as you can see. What, what are these? The only break in the line is a flat slab right in front of him. A slab of stone that seems to be escaping the soggy soil. Three objects are arranged on its surface. So, I'll say, well, what's your writing order? I think at this point I've drawn up to be right next to Widfaro. Okay. That makes sense that you're asking him questions. I think Tira's bringing up the rear so that Bash is kind of safely ensconced in the middle. Yes. I think uh, Peter's going to actually try and hop off of Portnick II, son of the Lord of the Horses, and is going to uh, trot on over to these here three objects on the stone to see what they are. Are we pulled up to within trotting distance? We're like right yeah. in front of them? Yeah, Okay, they're not, they're not a mile away anymore. No. Gotcha. You've closed the gap. I'm hopping off my horse. I'm going to investigate, as one does. As you first pull up, there appear to be three white lumps on the slab, but as you slide down, you can tell that they are skulls. What do you Mm. see up there, Peter? One of them is a horse skull. The next is a boar's skull, with its wicked tusks pointing outward. And the third is a human skull. Hmm. They are all bleached white in the sun. And they've obviously been here for some time. I turn around. A quick question. Are, do they look like they've been arranged and set there? Or do they look like the remains of something that just died there? They have definitely been placed. They are all, the backs of each skull are pointing in toward each other. Okay. The horse skull points southwest. The boar skull points west. And the human skull is basically on the northeast side. 
I that guess, means literally nothing to I me. I guess they're all just kind of like pointing in the generic directions of where each of the tribes are. I see. We came from the west where the where the Eovor are. It's a good thing I'm traveling with dudes. Um, I will not go another step. Then tell us where we must go from here. There, and he sweeps his arm forward. The land slopes back downward from this ridge and then drops off sharply, and you're looking at what looks like a roughly oval depression in the ground. Your estimate is that it's probably five miles by four miles, so it's large. Do we see people? You see no people, and in fact, there's kind of like a hazy gloom that seems to linger above it. You can just make out the westward edges of what looks like moss-covered trees, and maybe somewhere further back in the gloom, a slope going upward in the center of this oval that seems to have some things standing on top of it. But that's about all you can make out. And even Tira, with your slightly better vision, you're not making a whole lot out of it. How far of a drop is it? It looks like it might be 75 to 100 feet down. Yeah, it's it's substantially down in the earth. Wait, Widfar, how come you're not going to accompany us? You're our guide. He shudders. I have taken you as far as I can go. If I step any further, my life is in jeopardy, for certain. Well, our lives are in jeopardy too, but we have to go down there, and you're supposed to be leading us. But he didn't come with us to the other place. I know, I, I remember that too. This seems to be a bad pattern with you. You're supposed to be guiding us, and every time it gets a little bit dangerous, you stop and just send us on ahead. What's up with that? I have my instructions. From who? The Marchioness. She told you to guide us just to the brink and then leave us hanging. She does not wish to endanger any talks you might have. My presence might upset the balance. He makes a good point. Hey, Tira, is there any way you could use your horse and glide down there? I suppose it's worth trying. Um, We're standing on the edge of a sheer drop. I'm having a hard time picturing... You're a good 100 feet, 200 feet back from the edge. But yes, okay, there is so if a I, drop. If I go up there, then I can spread the wings and kind of glide down to where the... What is it that we're seeing? The, 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 no, the, the stone that's sunk in the ground is what, is what the skulls are sitting on. What is it that we're looking at that's down in the thing? You saw moss-covered trees. Yes. And then more toward the middle of this five-mile by four-mile oval, what looks like a slope going upward like a hill in the middle that has things on top of it. Okay. Well, I, I, I'll start making my way down there, but you, you guys need to be right behind me. I mean, okay. you can turn your horse into a person, right? Was no, that you or him? him? Okay. But he moves like really slowly. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'll turn my horse into a human while I'm still sitting on it, which <laughs> will have We've been over this already. Crunch me into. <laughs> <laughs> he gets fed through the sausage maker. <laughs> That's Port Me the Second right. and Lord of the Horses' second utility. <laughs> All right. Kind of looking somewhat disdainfully at Widfara. Am I saying that right? Basically. It's right. unkempt. <laughs> <laughs> My pronunciation is unkempt. All right. All right. Well, I'm going down there. I guess we'll see you when we get back, if you're even here still. I will wait for you, yes. Oh, good, thanks. Then I turn to Peter and Bash. You know I'm going to need you two with me. 
Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna spend some side points and uh, I'm gonna fly above, sort of like in a circle or whatever. While she goes glides down, and I'll be I'll be looking from above. And if anything happens, I'll swoop down. Can I fit? Can Peter fit on the horse with me? Can he fit on Balrena with me? I'm not a huge fan of leaving Port Me the Second. Son of the Lord of the Horses up here alone. So you're more of a fan of leaving me than you are of leaving your mechanical horse. She has see, a point. I'll see about finding a way down. It's going to take you a long time, man. You'll see about finding a way down. What has happened to you? Uh, Ever not- since you died, you have been leaving us high and dry. I'm not leaving You're not you- on your own personal mission I'm- here, Peter. We're all together. I know. I'm going to try and find my own way down. I don't want to leave Peter my horse. You can leave your horse with Woodfara. <laughs> He's going to be here waiting for us when we get back. I'd rather not. <sighs> Fine. Tira's fed up. I'm going. It's not like I'm leaving you guys. I'm I'm going Pops, with you. I grunt. All of a sudden, I have wings. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> While I, all that's I going on. I go into the air. <laughs> <laughs> In effect, you are leaving us because you're going to find a way to make your way down. By the time you get to us, we could be dead or dying. We have no idea what's down there. That's fine. Stay with your little horse. I'm off. Hmm. And so I'm gonna kind of. I don't know. Woke I don't know up do on I, the wrong do, side of just, the bed this morning. Yeah, you, you're like you're like coming out swinging already, <laughs> and not with your axe. I have been. I have made Tira too, kind of sweet and mild mannered lately. I'm trying to get back to. Bring it. Yeah, to Tira form. I'm not me. I'm Tira. So, um, do, so I mean. What do I dig in my heels to get that? I mean, it's not a real horse. Is that really that still work responds, on these things? Yes. Okay, uh-huh. so I'm just gonna dig in my heels and uh, and make for the edge. It has two sensory membranes just right there. <laughs> yeah, to... I guess so. There's kind of a mechanical. <laughs> <laughs> sounded, that sounded pretty mechanical, <laughs> actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like what the. I'm gonna I'm gonna jazz it up with a little robotic yeah. sound. Yeah, it's just funny. <laughs> Yeah, I, just, I thought it was a great noise you made. I just thought it was funny. <laughs> the mechanical. <laughs> you hear a mechanical. Uh, <laughs> okay, sorry. Go ahead, babe. And wildfire streaks across the remaining distance, and then you feel a slight moment of lurching in your stomach, and then you are gliding above this miasmic swamp that stretches out below you. Stop. Now, I think, let's see, your speed on Bruce Womberbash, we said was a quarter mile that would last for a quarter mile. I'm trying to remember if we set a, a limit for, a limit on I, your distance. I don't know that we ever did. I kind of assumed that I was like, I, I uh, personally... Clockwork Horse's name is Balrina, not Wildfire. Wildfire, I think, was my actual horse from way back. You're right. Balrina. <laughs> you actually, I was like, oh, I called it Balrina, but you're right, it's Wildfire. And then I looked at my sheet. That's right, because you named her. Yeah, you named her after your mom. Yeah, I think I had a limit because my horse is like exerting a lot of energy, whereas in hers, she's sort of just Just riding. Gliding, I'm just gliding. I don't know. I don't remember her having a limit. I seem to remember setting it as just like double movement speed, but that might just be. Is that what you're looking for? That's him. Yeah, Yeah, that's me. I I know. That's that's. But I'm trying to figure out her distance. If you did, I didn't write it down. Okay, I'll say the snatches of steam, not steam, but kind of like a wisps of whatever interference is causing you visual problems. Oh, the fog. Yeah, it's, it's not quite fog. It's more like water vapor, I guess. I, mm-hmm. I know fog is water, but this, this is, it's hard to explain. It's like a current, yeah. more of like a, a foggy air current? 
(laughs) (laughs) The face, you guys. You missed a great face. You sail for some distance. (laughs) (laughs) Fixed. (laughs) When in doubt, go vague. Yeah, yeah. And then you begin to descend. You can feel the air rushing up towards you, which means that you're descending. And then skeletal branches begin ripping at your clothing. The horse is heavy enough, thankfully, to break the branches ahead of you. But then you're crashing. And then with a loud splash, you land in a pool of murky water that smells of rotten eggs. And black mud goes splashing forward as you hit the water. I would love to be on the, on the ground to see you just come screaming in hot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you disappear under the surface of the water. Womberbash, you are flying overhead, and why don't you describe what you were doing? Yeah, so I'm just basically trying to go in as, as large of a circle as possible so I'm, I can keep my eyes down watching her as much as possible. So I'm not like, you know, doing like a, a, mm-hmm. a circle the diameter of like five feet. So I'm making large, large circling around just to, to watch her. I, I imagine I lose her at certain some time while yeah. she's descending. Now, are you trying to follow her or are you just trying to stay up? I'm trying to stay up and listen, so if I hear something, I can dive down to where she may may be. Okay. I'm basically trying to stay about um, 20 feet above where she was, so I kind of was going down with her in the circle, but I'm now hovering about 20 feet, I would guess, above the tree line. Yeah. From your vantage, Womberbash, you were following her, kind of staying close behind her, and then she began to dip out of sight through the wisps. And then you hear loud cracks and crashes as it's apparent that she is breaking through trees. Tira, are you okay? And then a loud splash. Tira! There is no sound. Tira, you burst up from the water. You <laughs> completely be slubbered. So you just have gunk all over you. There's that foul taste in your mouth. You've got mud in your ears. <sighs> And it's just nasty. Can my feet touch the bottom? Your feet are touching the bottom, but you're basically standing on tiptoe yeah. and you're holding your head back to keep your nose and mouth out of it. Where's Belrena? You don't see her. Is it, do I have a means of calling her or? R2. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seriously, are you describing her going through the trees? I was imagining Luke Skywalker just like crash landing essentially on Dagobah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, kind of. Um... All right. Are there any solid looking like little mounds of mud sticking up out of the water that can make my way towards so I can get above ground or get above, sorry, get above the swamp? Yes. All right. To your right, there is a likely looking tussock of something. It could be just grass that happens to be poking above. That's a good sign. Yeah, I'm going to head that way. So, I mean, it's, it's swimmable. It's not so thick that I can't swim. Right. Now with your axes and things... Why don't you give me an athletics check to swim the distance? And I'm going to make the DC a 12. Uh, it's 11. <laughs> I don't like your dice. I know. <laughs> I debated over whether to pick up the metal or the acrylic. I think mean, I should have gone with the acrylic. Okay. So let's do this. Just before you launch yourself forward, You think you hear a faint voice calling from above. Oh, is that when Bash said Tira? But then you splash into the water and that blackness, the inkiness, enfolds you once more. And you immediately lose awareness of where you are. Dive, dive, dive! I I mean, I'm I'm not going to stop there. I'm going to continue trying to call. 
but while you're under the water, Tira, a white face looms out of the murk, and you find yourself staring at the wispy trailing fringes of your father's beard. And then he gets yanked backwards. You see his face disappear in a swirl of black. And that's all you see. You are so overcome with sorrow, you have no idea why you would have seen him. But that's what you see. Uh, I would like for you to roll me a a wisdom check. Uh, A wisdom saving throw. From the distance. Bless! Yeah. Twelve. Okay. (laughs) Your instinct is to chase after him, and you are so overcome by this vision that you've just seen that you've lost all sense of the fact that you need to breathe. Womberbash, it is your turn. Okay, uh, am I hearing any splashing sounds? You hear no splashing sounds. I'm under the water. I oh, I know, I just... Tira, I, I'm, I'm gonna be like, Tira, Tira, can you hear me? Are you okay? Okay, you are descending. Uh, I take it you're coming in slower. Mm-hmm. You're descending through the wisps and you find yourself approaching the canopy, the trees and those sharp branches sticking up like dead hands reaching up to grab you. And why don't you give me a dexterity check? 19. His dice work. <laughs> Maybe you need to borrow. No joke. <laughs> At the last moment, you realize that those are trees. They just come so quickly out of that wispy stuff. Almost on instinct, you furl your wings and plummet just the slightest bit just underneath the canopy and those sharp branches and then pop them out again just in time to pull up. You see that the water below you looks horrendous. There's green scum across the surface of it. Underneath a slowly closing black circle of water uh, and the scum is starting to close back and there are ripples in the water. I am going to um, try to get down to the water as fast as possible. I'm going to uh, just furl your wings again furl, and, just yeah, and just go down and I'm, I'm like trying to claw my, well, claw my way through the branches as well to try to get down there as fast as possible. Okay. Breaking. You have your phone. Yeah. <gasps> it's not a good time right now. I'm trying to help my friend. You sound different. What's wrong with you? What's going on? Tira. I'm going to spend uh, two Psy points, and I'm going to uh, gain uh, gills so I can breathe under liquids. Have I gotten through the canopy yet? <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> I can't speak like I'm... Leave me alone. <laughs> Just say it normally. He'll, he'll add an effect or something. No, you need make to do up, that. Make up your mind. What Leave me alone. You curl your wings back and just drop right from the air, plunge the last 10 to 15 feet, and disappear under that same surface of the water. Your eyes are completely unable to see anything. But as the gills open and close, a briny taste enters your mouth, and you find yourself chilled. I'm grasping around, like frantically yeah. trying to move to try to, I mean, I believe I went in at around the spot where I saw the, 
the water like enveloping or yes. at least like coming together. Bloated weeds waving back and forth from the bottom of this swamp uh, obscure your ability to see anything. Uh, you see no sign of Tira. Do you have a light source or? It's underwater though. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, I think I, I was thinking about that. Because um, right I, now you can only see literally one foot in front of you. The weeds caress your face and just leave a slimy trail. Um, I have to ask the DM if my psionic power glows. Not naturally. Yeah, I, I don't know if my psionic energy will glow or not. It, do, it, doesn't, it doesn't have any physical uh, description of what happens when I use something like that. Just light a torch. It's that easy. It's underwater, dude. I, I know. It's the joke. Oh, okay. Um, How much light does my um, starstone give off? Hmm. Because it's on my wrist right now. and It it's, is. I mean, any light and darkness yeah, would do a, something. A little bit. And sure, it's magnified somewhat in this land of no light. And if she was barely above the surface on her toes, I, I, I mean, I, I can feel down to the bottom at this yes. point. Okay, so I'm, I'm just going to, I'm not worried about breathing, so I'm just going to try to do as much as I can. I do want to let Peter know, or the, the folks, yeah, Peter know where I am. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to stand up, and I'm just going to lift my head up and point my mouth completely to the sky, and I'm going to, uh, I mean, I don't have to, it's an energy beam. I'm going to send it right straight up into the air. Okay. The beam bursts from your hand. Uh, what's the range on it? Oh, it's from my mouth, actually. That's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 90 feet. That, that's that's where, how far it is to hit a target with it was 90 feet. Sure. I can choose um, cold, fire, lightning, or thunder damage. So I'm going to say that that's also what's coming out of my mouth when I use it. So I'm going to try lightning. All right. Let me do something first. Not sure if that's good or bad. <laughs> oh, boy. You've been smelling your surroundings, but suddenly it just, your sense of smell disappears. The bolt of lightning bursts from your mouth. You're, I can see you from above. Just, yeah, head back. You got speckles of black all over your face, grime in your hair, and you just look up and are you yelling while you do it? Well, in this particular instance, no. I, okay. I, may, I might be like, ah, <laughs> but I mean, lightning is just traveling yeah. straight up. So a bluish white streak shoots from your mouth, erupts, and I can just see a straight line just straight up. And then after it travels about 30 feet, it leaves your mouth. And so it's just this self-contained thing flying into the air. Peter, meanwhile, is sitting on the edge of the cliff, dangling his little feet and kicking them about and having a little ball of the time as he's scanning the cliffs looking for a pathway down. Peter, give me a perception check. You're already looking out that way, or were you already moving to I head mean, down? Uh, I think I was more scanning the cliffs, seeing if there was some kind of path that led down. Okay, so give me a perception check of 13 or higher. Okay. I make that. Yes. It's like an 18 plus. There's a crackling sound. And as you jerk your head up, up around, however, whichever way you were looking, you look Inside in the direction out. and see a white thing come crackling up into the air. And then it fizzles out kind of like fireworks. They have the little, little, little fireworks after it. Gotcha. Something like that. Uh, so I'm starting to panic. 
because although I can breathe underwater, yeah. I know Tira can't. Yep. So I'm really kind of struggling. Exactly. Right now. So this is a fairly short amount okay, of time. Okay. Right. This, like, isn't, this isn't taking five minutes. It's been 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just trying to keep all three yeah, yeah. of you involved. Yeah. Tira, go ahead and give me another wisdom save. That doesn't count. It just fell out of my, I, didn't, I didn't see what it was. I know. That was going to be a natural 20. <sighs> Grief. 13. That is sufficient. <laughs> the face drifts away from you one last time. You almost seem to realize it's ethereal. It's not real. And so feeling your lungs straining, you flick your, your yeah. arms and your legs and come bursting through the surface. <laughs> Womberbash... Uh, with your head still back, you hear her break the surface of the water. <laughs> She's three feet away from you. <laughs> oh, hi. Oh, hi. She comes up underneath you and you're sitting on her shoulders. <laughs> I'm going to reach out and grab, grab her with my hand. Okay. And try to pull her up or yeah. something. You feel a rough hand grab you. You don't know what it is. Your eyes are still covered with mm -hmm. mess. I'm going to kind of struggle briefly. Tira, Tira, it's me. <gasps> Bash. What What happened? What happened? What hap oh, right in my face. <laughs> what happened? I crashed on Balrina. Where is your horse? I don't know. I don't know. I was under the water and I thought I saw. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Where did you come from? I, I had to dive down. I saw that like the water was covering. Do I see anything at this point? Like like land yeah, or so there is what looks like a, a tussock. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna you know you know help pull her you know yeah. over there or whatever and try to get yeah. up there or whatever. Meanwhile, you hear distant thuds as Peter's senseless sack of meat just comes tumbling down the cliff. <laughs> I'm going to yell, Peter. I'm going to so, yell, Peter! We'll get you onto the tussock. Okay. You managed to slide up there. It's a muddy mound, basically, with some rank foliage sticking up out of it. But, Tira, you collapse on it, just overwhelmed by what you've just seen. And, Womberbash, you're left alone with your thoughts. Great. <laughs> Fantastic. Peter. Yes, sir. So Peter wants to see what all is going down. He believes that to be something sent by Womberbash, but he's not entirely sure. Nevertheless, he does want to get down there as soon as possible to, um, at the very least, to not leave his friends down there in that unfamiliar area. Is there any discernible like footpath that leads down? There is. In the nature of the path you've been following for the last day or so, it's a narrow trail that makes its way down the cliff. And not so narrow that you can't ride your horse. Okay. I think I'm going to lead Portmead down. Gotcha. Portmead the second, son of the Lord of the Horses. I'm sorry. Man, is that going to be fast enough? That's meta. <laughs> <laughs> so you make your way down. And as you get closer and closer down to the bottom, the smell just becomes thicker. Mm. Almost to the point where you almost feel like you can touch it. Whew. It's pungent. <laughs> powerful almost a force of its own inhaling the chunks of putrid air yep and then you find yourself at what looks like a trailhead that plunges through a swamp the only sounds that you can hear are those of nature around you and even that is sparse uh, where you might expect in a healthy woods to hear birds chirping or animals rustling about here maybe it's the occasional croak of a frog 
or some unknown animal to you in the distance. But the trail does lead eastward through this swamp. I'm going to um, start following this trail. It's easy enough to follow. In fact, there are branches on either side of it that have been used to line it to make it easier to follow. And it's fairly gentle. After maybe a mile or so, with no sign of Tira or Bash, you almost feel like they couldn't have gotten this far. Yeah. If I'm basing where they are on that signal that I saw, it wasn't too far in. And so I think I'm going to maybe veer off to the left or right, whichever one seems most reasonable according to where the signal came from and see if I can just like search the area. Peter! That's a weird sounding frog. (laughs) Give me a check. Uh, I'm sorry. (laughs) For how much? For how much? (laughs) Roll your dice. $50 and I'll point you the right way. (laughs) Spare to play. Which direction do you want to go? The path goes east. Uh, Do you want to go north or south? Well, roughly how... (sighs) I'm going to go left. Okay. Uh, are you, you're still walking and leading Porkmeat the second? Yes. Okay. And so he's going to come with you into the water because that's that's what you're doing. You're leaving the path to go into the water. Yes. I'm going to continue leading him. I'm not going to ride him. Okay. You step forward. And as you step into the water, a white form bobs to the surface it is a dead body its pallid face stares upward with open eyes and a vine is wrapped around its torso before we close out this episode for good cutscene we rise swiftly Escaping the miasma that clutches after us as we go. Fifty feet we rise, then a hundred, and at last the warmth of the sun's glow falls on our skin once more as we leave the squelching mud and fetid aroma behind. From our new vantage point, it is heartening to smell fresh air that moves. We hover for a moment, then gently pull sideways, skimming over the undulating earth westward and southward. The grass waves below us in marvelous detail, swaying with a pleasing motion that looks much like an ocean's ebb and flow, making us feel it is truly a sea of grass. After several minutes of this sideways travel, we see an extended dark line in the distance to the west and columns of bluish-gray smoke of numerous campfires to the south. Just visible from our height is the golden roof of steadiness in the center of the campfires, perhaps a mile or more distant, Westward, about twice as far away, we can make out the bulk of the Eovor Witani as they make their way toward the encampment. We have arrived just in time, because emerging from the marshy land surrounding the settlement is a small contingent of riders. At their head is the Marchioness. At her side, Edgeferth. They come to a halt, their horses snorting and shifting nervously. We descend slowly, coming down to their level as the Marchioness straightens in her saddle. She is resplendent in supple, cream-colored leather with purple highlights that match the violet of her eyes. 
On her head is a simple but elegant silver circlet that indicates her rank. She sits easily, her back straight. Her face is watchful of the approaching king, but not guarded. Dunsi and his bodyguards spur their horses ahead of the main body to approach the marchioness. The king's hair streams behind him as his dappled horse stretches across the grass. Over the days of his people's march, years seem to have tumbled off of him, and he smiles in his approach. In the last 300 feet or so, he slows from gallop to canter to trot, and then comes to a stop within range for his voice to carry. Hail, Alfwin, he says. He slides down from his horse, hands the reins to an attendant, and walks forward to close the gap. The Marchioness, Alfwin, seems momentarily taken aback by the move, then also slides smoothly down. She meets Dunsi in the middle, and there is another extended pause. Then the king smiles and extends his hand. She finally lowers her reserve and smiles, and they shake firmly. A palpable tension rolls away, and everyone begins laughing. Eivor and Hengest Watani, that's the Marchioness's people, get off their horses and move about, laughing and talking. There are some repeating of phrases, since a hundred years of relative separation between the people has allowed some change in the language, but the old phrases and sentiments are still commonly understood, and the Watani laughter rolls across the grass. The group, now reunited, turns to watch as the Eovor march by, in file, in the distance. From stating us, distant voices are raised in joyful shouts. The feeling of camaraderie warms us more than the sun could hope to, but the insistent pull of our invisible force pulls us back to the murky reaches of the hollow once more. And that's where we're going to end this episode. What? Oh, Aww. man. Oh, wait, I was supposed to react. react. He's stoic. He's like, <laughs> he's like, eh. well, he never reacts. I was supposed to react, wasn't I? He's my son. I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah his reaction was this. <laughs> no, I seriously, like, wasn't even, I was just. Okay. Hey, finally a cut scene that is in all death and destruction. Yeah. It's working. <laughs> <laughs> so for experience points, you get one experience point for discovering the hollow. And let's go through. Norse battle. Yeah, I, I recommend Tira for beefing up Tira's uh, yeah. portrayal of her, like beefing her back up and not being so sensitive. True. I like that. And also how she reacted to seeing her father, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so take two for that, Tira. And I want to nominate Wamberbash for his uh, role playing with the uh, with his dad again. It's been a while since we last heard from him. <clears throat> from him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so take two for that. Okay. You've made it to the Hollow, and there's all sorts of interesting things lying ahead. I hope it was evocative enough for you to try to make the descriptions. It was pretty gloomy. And let's go ahead and get a recap. Tira is 50 points into level 8. Hey, you're making it. Womber Bash is 60 points into level 8. Wow, okay. Peter Greyhawk is 74 points into level 8. Good. Good playing. I wanted this one to be a little bit shorter. Wink, wink. <laughs> I think later this week I'm going to try and come out with some bonus material just to kind of make up for how short this is by the way the digging the delve episode is almost tied with first place now nice so stackers if you want to let us know what you'd like to do our next creation corner episode on please let us know uh, through twitter or instagram 
we'd love to hear from you and that would help to drive our special content and we'll see what we can come up with. Well, that's all the time we have for this week, Stackers. Look for a brief special episode later in the week and we'll see you here again next time, right here at Stack of Dice. Hey, I have a question. Yeah. When someone comes in disheveled and maybe little un, uh, you know, the, the, the stuff is awry, you know, like hair's all jacked up. What would you call someone who's that? They're un what? Unkempt. Yeah. Unkempt is one. Uh, disheveled. It could be. What was the first word you guys used? Unkempt. K-E-M-P-T. I have gone through my entire life. Saying unkept. Saying unkept. Well, so there's some sense in that with the idea of curated or kept, but it is unkempt. Yes, with an M. Yes. So I'm playing my word game, right? And I'm like, what word is this? It's not unkept. <laughs> it's something else. And then I finally like, okay, it's as many letters as I have. I put unkempt and it received. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> is that the word? It's unkempt. <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> I'm like, I was, I'm laying in bed at like one o'clock this morning and I'm like, what is going on? (laughs) And now we have an outtake here. Oh. 1570s from un, which means not, plus kempt, well combed or neat, from very past participle of Middle English kemben to comb, from Old English uh, kemben to comb, from Proto-Germanic kambian from kamcom, form unkembed. Uh, is recorded in the late 14th century. The verb chem is rare after 1400s, but its negative past participle form endures. Stack of dice. We are now an etymology broadcast. <laughs>